First episode after the beignet. Connor, what's up? We are done. Football season in Canada, sadly. There's no cups left. All the cups have been given out. They've Except- all been awarded. They've all been won. As we are speaking, Offsa is currently going on uh, the bowl series. Fair enough. Hi, we got high school football to look forward to. My Frontenac <clears throat> Falcons. My Frontenac Falcons getting in the mix. They're going to win? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good good question, honestly. Uh, I, was doing I, some, like, I was doing some Googling this morning, thinking about Offsa. Googling is in like looking up the photos when you guys won or what? No, no, no. I was trying to figure out when the offset bowls were going to be. I hadn't actually checked yet. We've been so wrapped up with Grey Cup, Vanier. Not that I forgot about offset, but I just haven't checked on when the bowl games actually are yet. Uh, uh, go to Guelph Griffin's uh, YouTube page, head over to the live tab, and all of them are queued up for any of our listeners that are wondering when they could watch some A-class high school football. I think the independent bowl is today, St. Mike's, or it might be tomorrow along with... Uh, your front neck Falcons. But I would like to talk about the big piece of news that is circulating right now. This is our main topic for today. Mason Nias has been added to the Saskatchewan Riders negotiation list. He has. Your first thoughts? Um, I, I like, obviously, my first thought when I see it is I'm like, oh, cool, great. Like, awesome for canadian football like yes he got added to the negotiation list whatever like we're gonna get there in a second but my immediate thought was that's great for canadian football because yes even though it's a a negotiation list it's still an opportunity for him like it still is instilling that hope in a younger generation like regardless of what happens with the opportunity or why they brought him in it's still a good look for canadian football that a homegrown kid is getting a camp a camp invite essentially to the hometown team but there's a flip side to this coin i'm going to be the cynic on this this is the biggest piece of bs <laughs> i have ever seen and i'm sorry i really like mason ice great guy good great youth sports quarterback we can say great um but this is the biggest piece of bs from the riders okay Mason Nice was in the draft last year. He was at combines. He went through testing, and they didn't care to pick him up. They didn't care to sign him. They didn't care to bring him into camp to see what he had then. Oh, no, no. He had to go back to Sask this year, do the same thing he did the year before a second time, didn't add anything to his game, didn't lose anything from his game. And then the writers go, hey, you know what? This kid that's like, couple hours away from our stadium might actually be all right bs you guys had a year you had a full scouting cycle to look at this quarterback and you deemed him not worthy of a camp invite you could have invited him to camp and then sent him back to school like a lot of other youth sports students get happened to or have happened to them but no you choose not to talk about it. You choose not to do it. And then all of a sudden this year, when he's the golden boy of Prairie football, because he has taken Sass to back-to-back Vandy appearances, then all of a sudden something changed in his game. 
Connor, I didn't see any more arm strength than I saw last year. I didn't see him reading defenses any better than he did last year because he already did that at a super high level. He commands an offense. He's liked by all his teammates, liked by the organization. Nothing is new with Mason Nias, except he has, what, nine more wins? Ten more wins behind his name? Couple thousand more yards? Nothing is new. Biggest piece of PR from SAS. And guess what? They're going to bring him into camp, use him as a camp arm, and then <clears throat> see a sorry kid didn't work out. And I feel really bad for Mason Nice because they're not actually giving him a legit shot. This to me is just so, so spun by the PR team. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm happy. I'm happy to see him get a shot at the very least. Me too. But I just don't think it's a legitimate shot, and that's what hurts to me, is that the U Sports quarterback isn't being looked at as this guy who could contend. Because that's probably going to bring in three more guys and just say, "Oh, sorry, Mason." It sucks. It really sucks. But it's an opportunity for him to con- extend his career. Maybe he shows something and another team picks him up. But once again, those other teams had a chance last year. Chose not to. All right. Connor, we got Shrumble this week. The reinstatement of a Shrumble. As we're recording this, someone actually tweeted at us. It was uh, Chris Shibley, our old pal Chris Shibley. (laughs) Yeah, saying, I need some Shrumble analysis on today's pod. Chris, we're getting there right now. <laughs> we are getting there right now. The notification literally buzzed two minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, all right. Shrumble, reinstatement. Uh, for those that don't know, Simon Fraser used to be a part of U Sports, well, CIS when it was, and they played against their crosstown rivals, the UBC T Birds. This now, is going to be so ugly. Simon Fraser has been in <laughs> Division Two, uh, or is it what, FBS or FCS, like, not tier one. Not Canada. Football. football. I guess like FCS, right? Yes. But they <laughs> have struggled since their switch over to the NCAA and playing American rules. It's very really com- nice. To nice. really compete. And they thought it would be a great idea to help local recruiting and to drum up interest in the programs around Vancouver to reignite the Shrumble. Whoever hosts it will play their rules. So this year it's at Simon Fraser. They're playing American rules. Next year... At UBC, they'll play Canadian rules. That's this Friday. And UBC is going to kick the teeth in, I believe. It's going to be so bad. It's going to be so bad. First off, we're going to dive into some individual statistics here because I have some, but I don't, that's not where I'm starting. They were Simon Fraser was 1-8 this year. They won one game. They won one Want to know what UBC did in one game? They beat the Saskatchewan Huskies who just played in the Vanier Cup. That's what UBC did this year. They ran the damn gauntlet of the Canada West and competed. I don't think Simon Fraser has played a team as tough as UBC this year. And UBC was what? The third? They finished third in the Can West this year? That's not much. And that's not, that's not a hack at UBC either. They're, the, they're a damn good team. I'm just saying the Can West is a strong program and UBC competed in it. Uh, Derek Engel is going to be playing for UBC. Garrett Rucker still out with his injury. I actually read an article. It was a hip injury. We didn't know what had happened. 
because it was right before I turned the game on, <laughs> but it was a hip injury uh, that ended up being a season ender. So no Rooker, but they do have Isaiah Knight. They do have <laughs> Engel. They do have all their top uh, players on defense. Quemu, uh, they got some really good talent. They also have their offensive line. Theo Benedet is the most uh, JP Metrics winner this year. Uh, Giovanni Manu is back as well uh, on the all Canadian list. Connor, I'm thinking this isn't going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. It is really not going to be pretty. And I want to start with Isaiah Knight. I want to do a little running back comp here because Isaiah Knight is going to run through Simon Fraser. That offensive line, like you're saying, outstanding he had he was 150 yards shy of a thousand yards 848 848 yards on the season three touchdowns 138 attempts average of 6.1 yards per carry in three down football um that's outstanding simon fraser (laughs) not so great their leading rusher 316 yards on the season one touchdown an average of 2.9 yards per carry. I uh, I will say the one thing that really benefits Simon Fraser is the fact that they're playing American rules this year. And I know a lot of their players grew up playing Canadian ball and then uh, are going to Simon Fraser and a lot of UBC players, i.e. their two quarterbacks, the most important position, are both from Texas. So where you gain an advantage in playing a certain style of football that you're more comfortable in than UBC, UBC's quarterbacks are both ready to rock in the American style. Uh, let's look at Simon Fraser some more, Connor, because we haven't really talked about them. We don't talk about them at all, usually. Uh, they did win. One they game. <laughs> did win their final game of the year, uh, <laughs> which was against West Texas a and uh, Connor, in that game, you know, they didn't do, they didn't do too, too bad. Uh, I'd like to say 293 yards and five touchdowns. It's all right. That's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Third five one touchdowns game. is okay. <laughs> but I want to talk about my favorite stats since we're on scoring here. Let's look at the red zone opportunities. Your favorite stat. <laughs> My favorite stat. They have 13 red zone scores. They have 18 trips on the season. Two trips to the red zone a game in a nine-game season. Not enough. Not enough. You want to know what they're allowing? 36 scores on 46 times they've had to defend their own end zone. 36 scores. They've they've only stopped 10. 10 of 46 attempts. And UBC can score in the red zone. I, I really think that this this game is going to know, not so much be depictive of who truly is the better program in Vancouver. Like I, I would like to say that UBC has proven they are, considering yes. they have won Vanier Cups and are consistent contenders in Can West. Um, Turning guys pro is another thing. But I would like to I would like to just point to Simon Frazier and say, like, we we talked about this last year. At what point 
do you need to look at your team and just kind of say like, you know what, maybe we should go back to Can West. Like, is there a point where you look at that? I don't know. I don't, I think at this point, no, because that's like, that's their, their thing. I get what you're saying. Cause I mean, look at their, their, you know, their losses. They've got a 40 to seven to 77 to nothing, like a 32 to seven and a 24, nothing shutout. I mean, there, there has to be a certain point where you're saying like, we're not winning in, in our conference right now. A, what are we doing wrong? And B, maybe there is a little bit of a shoot. Did we make the, the wrong jump here? Because Again, look at how strong the Canada West is right now as a conference. And I think that would only promote growth within your program. If there's another school in the Can West to go to where you know you're going to be competitive and have a chance to play, maybe, you know, make a run to Avania, like get put on the national stage that way. Because look at how many Can West pro players there are right now. Look at how many CFLers are in are coming out of the Can West and, you know, contributing right now. There's a ton. Ben Hladek. In, with the BC Lions has been one of their most Everything impactful defenders. <laughs> what? Everything we thought he would be. Well, and where did he come from? UBC. UBC, right. So that's my point. Not that Simon Fraser is not putting pros in, but there's just so much, you know, so much talent in Can West. And there's there's so many eyes on the Can West right now from a Canadian standpoint anyways. I think from a recruiting aspect, there might be a little bit of uh, like, you know, would there I would have could have should have, I guess, but I don't know. To me, I think it would be beneficial. I, I think hypothetically, I'm, I think it would be beneficial. Yes. Yeah, I, I think like I look at it and I'm I try to picture myself as a high school student where I'm in Vancouver and I have this opportunity to go to a D1 program. Cause that's what they always preach, right? Like Canada's only Canada's D1 only yeah, division that, one school. Which like again, in theory, is a great pitch. And I think about it and I'm like, okay. I'm going, I came from, U, like, we did not win at U of T. I did not go to U of T for winning. But obviously, if I'm a player in BC and I'm getting looked at to play at Simon Fraser, I have some skill and I can, I'm going to have other offers on the table where I might say, yeah, it'd be cool, but I can go literally inside my own city or inside my own province and win games, be highly competitive, be someone that's contributing to a winning team. Um, and I don't know, I don't know where that line is drawn for students. Um, but I will say this is the first installment of the Shrum Bowl since 2010. Shall we go through the previous winners? Yeah, I just want to make one more point too on on this like whole whole thing we got going on here. The other thing that I think makes it tough with Simon Fraser right now too is just how much more open the the transfer portal is, right? Like how do you stop in Oregon who comes marching up the marching up the highway, knocks on the door and says, Hey, you want to come play in the Pac 12 at Oregon? Like it's hard to stop that as well. But yeah, let's go through unless you have a thought on that. But no, no, I, I like that thought. I mean it's obviously tougher to get brought up like that from a Canadian school because you you do have uh, hoops to jump through but kind of last uh, so we'll go from go from the turn of the century it, they've only played American rules once so even Simon Fraser was playing Canadian rules uh, they lost the turn of the century at T-Bird Stadium uh, then they won three straight 
lost four straight and won three straight, all playing Canadian rules. And it it's like blowout or real tight. Like if we look at 2006 onwards, 41 to 6, 31 to 2, 20 to 19, 30 to 1, 27 to 20. So it's either a real landslide win <laughs> or it's not so far apart. Uh, now, obviously, 12 years since these guys have played each other. I'm interested. I'm really interested. Yeah, I'm I've got a, Simon Frazier. Yeah, we, we have been a little bit, but we're, we're pro U sports guys. But <laughs> no, no, no. No, no allegiances, no biases little bit of biases um but i i'm i'm interested to see how the rule set is going to impact the game because i think in you know in years past when it's been three down football i think being the team that has to essentially learn to play three down football is at a disadvantage but i don't I, think that a three down team that has to play four down football is at a disadvantage I'm we grew up thought. doing it right i'm the other thought i think going from three to four is way tougher because not only are you going from three to four, but you're going from 11 players to, or from 12 to 11. You're losing out on the waggle. You're losing out on all your different motions where you could get a guy like Isaiah Knight into space pre-snap and defense are scrambling. Now it's kind of like, okay, guy's got to be set before he even moves. And then if he moves, like, I don't know. There's just a ton, ton of different tweaks in the american game on offense i think defensively it'll be fine like the quarterbacks are both comfortable reading uh american style defenses so uh as you but even with that right like you're taking a guy off the field for the t-birds in coverage or in pass rush and you're gonna have to work with uh different spacings different field sizes uh and i know that they've probably been practicing that for the last four weeks since uh they lost to the Huskies, but I really think that this could be the one wrinkle that I see giving UBC fits. I want to add on to a wrinkle that I, I think could also impact the game a little bit. What's going to happen? Like how, how creative is this going to force UBC to get in the red zone? Because if you get down to the one or two, there's no, there's no fall forward, right? You don't have to give that yard. It's not an automatic sneak at the goal line. So if you're two, three yards out or so, a yard out, how does this how does this force UBC to try to be creative? I'm curious to see that. And plus, with with like I guess to tack onto that inside the red zone, with just having you know the one guy you can send in motion. Again, how do you be creative when you have to have essentially you know a stagnant stagnant start? Mm -hmm. uh, I think the offensive line play will be interesting. I know uh, guys like Manu and Benedet are going to be okay, but yeah, uh, even for them, like uh, uh, playing at left tackle or right tackle, uh, setting so much different when you know, like you can, you can quick set a guy and he's going to be right in your teeth or you can quick set and still have like a half second pause where that guy could possibly get, get some wiggle room. Um, I don't know. I, I'm really interested by it. I would like to know where it's being streamed. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun because the, uh, the American game, not the Canadian game isn't, but like the American game is, is a lot more like one-on-one matchup driven in certain areas. 
Mm-hmm. It's a lot of athletes, athletes on athletes, athletes in space, which is also, I guess, very CFL schematic based. But I think UBC has got the athletes to take over this game. It's just a point of when are they going to take it over? When are they going to make the big play? Uh, I'm excited for this, though. Blake Nill, he's always got tricks up his sleeves. Uh, I don't see where this is going to be streamed. I'm trying to find it out. Watch pay-per-view. So you can go to the LoneStarConferenceNetwork.com slash SFU and pay to watch the game if you would like to. Uh, There will be live stats available on Simon Frazier's site. But if you want to get some tickets in Burnaby, you still can. Uh, I I think the... uh, I, I really think this game is great to have back for the province of BC. I just wish that we could play it meaningfully inside of a conference game, right? Where you can have your homecoming and it be against your cross province rival. Yeah, I think there would be a little bit of a edgier ass factor, more intense element to this game if it was that kind of U Sports Crosstown rivalry, if it did have that kind of panda game feel essentially in Vancouver. Um, I think there's a lot of fun to be had with this game. I still think it's a great opportunity to, you know, elevate two different paths in Canadian football. Um, Cause there is a lot of Canadian guys, you know, making noise in the, in the college route right now. I mean, Chase Brown, see you never, see you never. <laughs> a lot and of other brother, guys. And his brother. Yeah. Too. Sydney or Sydney Brown, right? Like, yeah. Doing his thing on the back end. There, there's a lot of talent in in Canadian college football, so it's going to be cool to you know elevate you know both the U sports and the college path. But um, I do still think that UBC is going to roll. Well, here's a quote from uh, quarterback uh, Justin Cyber after last week's win. You hear the whispers about SFU always having a losing record, but this is our chance to go out there and show how we compare to the rival school. We're very excited about that. Yes, I'm sorry I contribute to that talk of a losing record. Um, but I'm excited for the chance for them to show what's going to happen, right? Like, late Cordy Moore is going to be playing. He's going to be in a phone booth fighting with people. Uh, I don't know. I, I think this UBC team just has so much talent, uh, so much speed at that, that, you know what? they can contend with anyone, especially once what you said about going into the one-on-one game. I, I think that's, that's going to favor UBC. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And just another point, like on their playmakers, they have four receivers in the top 20 in the can West. <laughs> yeah. Soriano's up there. He was real fast yeah. last year. Um, but Let's get to the game. Let's get to Friday. Uh, I'm excited. I think that's it, though, for today. We're uh, we're getting down to the weeds of it here. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll talk more about the all Canadian rosters. Don't really have any complaints. Uh, just just that uh, my guy Arnaud was first team all Canadian, even though he wasn't a heck nominee. Uh, which means he was the second choice, but still would have won it anyways. Uh, that's tough for me, but I, I don't know. He takes the band at home anyways. 
Had a damn good game. 400 yards. Oh, God. can thank Kevin Mutal for 142 of those. Just Fantasy-wise, Kevin Mutal absolutely I siphoned a touchdown from... Oh, siphoned a touchdown. Vultured. Yeah. From Arno. Okay. I've had touchdown vultures hurting me all year. It's not gonna it's not gonna <laughs> end anytime soon. Uh <laughs> but for Connor and I at Wade Zank at Connor R. O'Neill at CF Perspective. Uh thank you guys so much. We'll see you later on in the week. Enjoy the Shrum Bowl if we don't talk to talk about it again. But uh, I'm sure we'll mention it one more time. Yeah, we gotta we gotta break down the game. If we're gonna hype it up, we gotta break it down. <laughs> all right. Take care, everyone. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the weather. As I don't know, we still don't have snow here in East Coast, right? All melted, and now it's coming. Yeah. Take care. <laughs>